My name is Sandeep Johal and I'm a visual artist and muralist living and working in Vancouver. Yeah, I do a lot of um, ink drawings and I use micron pens for those. And I do a lot of collage work. Um, oftentimes I'll use Yes glue for the collage work. Um, for paintings, I generally use um, acrylic, so Liquitex, uh, Golden, um, sometimes acrylic gouache. I work out of the arts factory at Maine and Industrial. It's a sort of open concept shared space um, with about 17 artists. It's been really good for me. I used to work out of my home um, because my son wasn't in school yet, so it was difficult to be in a place outside of my home. It's been so helpful separating, you know, home and art. And I have, you know, artist friends in the space. And it's always nice to just have those conversations about art. Um, I feel a lot of the time when you have a studio at home or a closed studio, it can feel very isolating because you're just working all day. So I do enjoy the social aspect of sharing a space. Um, and it's great for, we have tons of great conversations. And if, you know, we're stuck on something, we can ask each other's opinion and advice. Um, but mostly I find it's been super helpful for me to focus because it's a quiet space. Um, you know, having that routine is really good for me to like get up, walk to my studio, work, and then walk to my son's school to pick him up. So I feel like, you know, I'm out, I'm getting exercise. Um, it's definitely a healthier balance for me. I get inspiration from everywhere. Um, I go to a lot of shows. Um, I think it's really important to see art in person. I think we're all getting a little too accustomed to seeing things in these tiny digital squares. So to actually see work in person and, you know, see the textures and see the way things are painted or built, um, it really makes such a difference. I'm always looking at other artists' work. Um, I'm always looking at folk art, particularly Indian folk art. So I get my inspiration from a lot of different places. I think like I'm always thinking whether I realize it or not, or I'm always observing whether I realize it or not. And so, you know, walking through Mount Pleasant, it feels like it still has that industrial feel. And so you're seeing these old buildings, um, where things have kind of grown organically over the years and there's like chipped paint here, a color there, a pattern there. And I find that I do observe like the facades of buildings quite a bit. I look at windows, I look at shapes. So even though I might not be consciously looking at these things, I am observing when I am walking. A lot of my work uh, deals with men's violence against women. Um, um, it's really important to me to create aesthetic work when I'm talking about these women. So in that sense, the beauty is reflective of these women and the beauty is what draws viewers into the work. And as they're looking at the work, they may start to feel or notice things that are a bit off um, and start to question, you know, what are those symbols there for? What do they mean? Who is this piece about? And hopefully that would encourage them to go and you know, search out more information about each woman and each story. Growing up in a South Asian household, things can feel very traditional in terms of gender roles. And as I began noticing how differently my brother was being treated than my sister and I, I started asking questions and I felt like I didn't get any satisfactory answers. And I started noticing um, how rigid women's roles were compared to men's roles. And 
you know, and then I started when I was in art school, there was a spate of honor killings in the lower mainland in the mid 2000s. And I was so shocked that this was happening, first of all, at all. Um, but I was shocked that it was happening in the place where I live. And, you know, I started reading the stories of these women and a lot of them were my age or younger at the time. And I just couldn't fathom how a relative could kill another relative over a choice someone made or just simply for being a woman. I think as artists, we have a platform and we have the ability to express things in ways that other people may not feel comfortable. We have a visual language and a visual vocab that can really create meaningful imagery. And so my hope is when people look at my work and they learn these stories of these women, they read about them and they have these conversations with each other, um, especially with men, you know, men, I want men to have conversations with men around violence against women. I think it's really important for men to be involved in this conversation because women can't shoulder the burden on their own. Um, so essentially, you know, if it can be a coming together of people talking and people wanting to enact some kind of change on whatever level they're able to, I think that's my hope. I have always been really interested in taboo topics. I've always been really interested in discomfort. I don't get very uncomfortable in many situations. And I actually like discomfort because I feel like that's when we grow as people, when we're in these situations that make us feel uncomfortable. And so I personally, I love talking about things that are uncomfortable because I want people to think about how that relates to themselves and their lives. And, you know, how can we affect change together? Because it's so important that it's done in a collaborative way. My comfort zone when it comes to art is um, black ink drawings. Like I love line drawings. Um, that's what I started doing as a kid and that's what I love the most. It's very second nature to me, but I like seeing how I could push those line drawings in different mediums. So oftentimes the, I'll make several line drawings just the sake of it not knowing where they're going to end up and that line drawing can form a mural and so I'm seeing this tiny line drawing transform into this gigantic bold colorful public piece of art I'll even take you know one of these images and I'll transform it through textile and see what it would look like in textile form so I'm always trying to push and evolve my practice and see where I can take these tiny line drawings I'm not really a self-learner type person, like watching a video and learning from it. I like learning from people, um, but I'm trying to be more, I'm trying to be more open to learning things through like video tutorials and stuff. Yeah, I think it's just when I'm learning a new skill and that learning curve is so high and I just wanna get it right away, it can feel super frustrating, but I mean, that's all part of the process. Uh, the, your process is the most important part in making the work because that's where you're learning. Um, of course, you want a beautiful outcome, but the blood, sweat and tears is what makes the work. I am always grateful that, you know, people want to work with me and, you know, people connect with my work because I, I do what I like, you know, I create the work that I want to create. And I think it's really important for artists to create the work they want to create because it does come across as authentic. 
and that's what people are uh, attracted to. That's what they resonate with. Before I had my son, I was working uh, a not-for-profit job and, you know, it wasn't something that I wanted to do forever, but I just couldn't figure out how to pivot into art. So having the opportunity to stay home with my son during mat leave, I started kind of thinking about what it would look like if I just didn't go back to work. So with the support of my husband, I stayed home. I left my job. I stayed home with my son and I just decided to try this art thing. Uh, fortunately, it's gone very well, but I started my art career at 41 as a new mom. And every day I think like, this is my life. Like I get to make art for a living. Like how lucky am I?